And now, Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. There we go. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Who is soldering in here? Uh, I was. What you soldering? I finally finished our mic panel. Oh, sweet. Cool. So we're all like professional studio now. Oh, and I'm wow. working on some um, a microphone upgrade. Uh, are you like one of the kits? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Re- totally replaces all the internals. I've had it forever. Um, but a while I got like super shaky. Right. Because of the drugs I was on. So mm-hmm. I was like, I don't Welcome want, to my life. I, do, I don't want to solder. I don't <laughs> have to be small, on any drugs to be shaky. <laughs> these small things. Um, but yeah, I've got back to trying to figure. I got a whole new capsule, all new electronics. It's basically going to be a completely different mic. What's, so it's turning what into what then? Uh, it's, well. Hi. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Welcome to it. I guess we're starting. We're starting. Okay. Um, yeah, it's one of those mic kits that replaces all the internals and the capsule. And it's like the donor mic in this case is mm-hmm. just like an MXL that I got for super cheap. Right. Because it doesn't matter. All I'm using is the shell. Right. So it's just for the looks? No, no, no. It replaces the capsule? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm using the— So the MXL is just so it, it just looks, sh- so it looks like a microphone? And I guess it has probably some pop screen. Yeah, colors. and it holds the stuff. Right. You okay. know, it's the metal tube that I put everything in. Mm-hmm. But it, as long as it has the right mounting holes, there's mm-hmm. a, like a huge selection of mics you can do this to. Right, okay. And I managed to find these ones like ages ago. I've had them forever. Um, but I found them on sale. They were like $30 a piece or something like right. that. So I got two. So I'm going to mod one up and then... Then I've got one to compare it to. Right. Okay, so see if it actually does anything. Yeah. Right. But word on the street is something is done. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if I didn't replace the electronics, replacing the capsule, like it's a completely different capsule. Mm -hmm. It's actually a large diaphragm capsule. A lot of those really cheap MXLs are small diaphragms. Okay. Surrounded by a big brass ring. Oh, so wow. that when you like look at them through the grill, it looks <laughs> like a large diaphragm. <laughs> oh man. So so that alone Classic. is like, okay, it's gonna be different. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um and then it might I mean doing that, I did a bunch of reading about why why these cheap Chinese mics all don't sound that great, mm-hmm. even though they did have really good People train them. Like, they kind of, uh, at the end of World War II into the Cold War, they had all the, like, those German companies teach them how to make capsules and everything. Right. So it's like they've got a background of being able to make really good stuff. Yeah. But then, you know, people started, like, going, we want cheaper, we want cheaper. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they cut corners on the capsules. And then they found... A, a certain circuit, I can't remember the name of it, um, that was really cheap to make, but actually didn't compensate for a bunch of stuff in the capsules they were making. Right. But it was cheaper to do it. So they paired up, like, basically mismatched capsule and electronics. Okay. And put them together, and it's like, well, it's cheap, <laughs> but it's got problems. Yeah. So if you, re- like, even if uh, you don't change the capsules and you replace the electronics with the electronics that capsule actually wants to see, right? you can drastically improve them. Okay. So they basically were wound up making the Ford Pinto of sure. microphones. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah, people kept— It's cheap. 
Yeah, because people kept going, well, can you make it cheaper? Yeah. How about you make it cheaper? Yeah. That's great, but how about cheaper? Right. So they're like, all right, that's what so you if want. You, if you bump these two microphones into each other very lightly. Yeah, they explode. This burst into flames. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your cheap microphones well away from each other. <laughs> so I'm interested to, definitely interested to see how it turns out. Yeah, and me will, too. We'll have to record get it done, next, next podcast. We'll have to I will definitely, put one of them in action. Yeah, we'll definitely. Since I got both, we could have the, well, one of us would sound really crappy potentially. Okay. <laughs> but we'll totally use it on the podcast, just like yes. that uh, that other super cheap Chinese mic I bought. That was surprisingly good, though. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So Is it still working? Still working. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, I've, I'm I, sure a lot of the Audio-Technica mics are make, made in China, too. Like the AT2035s, 2025? 20, oh, for sure. The, the most, most they're, they're mics. They're $100. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the, the thing you and get... And I love those mics. Yeah. Um, the thing you get... I think with a lot of those mics with a brand name mm-hmm. is you get, like, better quality control. Right. So they're right. going to potentially be more consistent mic to mic. Because they're sending things back to the factory. You know, so not. audio Technica's right. name is on it. So when you get a 2020, mm-hmm. you know, a very cheap microphone, but totally serviceable and usable. Yep. And you're more likely to be like, oh, when I get another 2020, it's probably going to sound like the first 2020 I bought. Yes. Versus I'll bet you with that $20 Chinese mystery mic I bought, they're probably pretty dissimilar from, from one to one. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been traveling and just, you know, just throwing your dice in on a counterfeit item? Just see what happens? Not yet. Because I have yeah, yeah. a few times. Yeah. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> I got, uh, so we were in Thailand. First of all, we lived in South Korea for a long yep. time. They're very proud of their counterfeits. They're really high quality. Okay. Um, we did not buy any. Mm-hmm. Then, but then in Thailand, uh, got a Casio watch. Yeah. And I was like, sweet, looks legit, works. Yeah. Is even a, seems to be waterproof. Uh-huh. By the time we finished our our vacation, which was two weeks, yeah, it was twelve hours fast. <laughs> I got a pair of sandals. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I don't know what brand they were supposed. to. It was nothing like. But- I don't know. Yeah. And uh, probably just Nike or something. And uh, wore them into the water, and they just disintegrated. <laughs> and they had just, like, the, the soles were just thin, fake leather. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, a layer of thin, fake leather, and inside it was just tightly packed newspaper. <laughs> just n- newspaper articles. Wow. But they looked like sandals. The ingenuity that it takes to make these things, I, I have a lot of respect for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like to make it look like a Nike sandal, even though it's made out of newspaper. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool as hell. Yeah. But then I had another pair of sandals that were probably also not, you know, the real deal. Mm-hmm. And they lasted me for like four years. Yeah, so you never know. You never know. So always buy counterfeit. You learned it. <laughs> you learned it here. The thing I've been reading about lately is, like, there's a huge market for counterfeit uh, 57s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was interesting. And it's really, apparently really hard to tell, like, the, the, the differences between them. It's, in some cases, is really subtle. And you have to be really careful with what you have to look for. And um, I was reading reading on Reddit, somebody asking about this. And their, their kind of deal was they were in Brazil or somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, according to them, they didn't have trustworthy sources it wasn't like turn to Tom Lee or Sweetwater, or, right? You know, 
guaranteed authorized dealer. They're like, I don't know. My place sometimes has real ones and sometimes I don't know. Right. So what do I look for when I like go into the store to check out? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like some people are like, sometimes it's, they weigh different. Okay. Because uh, they'll mi be missing the that transformer. That means you need to already have one. Yeah. Or know <laughs> like, yeah, what it should kind of weigh. Like they'll be missing the transformer, mm -hmm. which is heavy. But then some of those things, they'll just like, you know, like they stick a rock in it. Right, exactly, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, so, you, yeah, sometimes they get pretty inventive with how they fake it. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I say skip the, the forgeries and just go with the— Just get a Behringer. Just the super cheap, yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> the next step up. So there go my job prospects with Behringer. <laughs> And our sponsorship. No prospect. sponsorship from them. You you wouldn't take a sponsorship from them if they uh, held a if they held a poorly crafted knife to your throat. Well, I, I, heard, I, would, I wouldn't be in fear. <laughs> uh, uh, I hear they're making some good stuff. I hear the synth, the latest synth knockoff, is pretty actually pretty good. Yeah, it's still a knockoff. Yeah. But. I still have issues mm -hmm. with their knockoffing stuff. Yeah. And it's it's a big it's a big interesting topic, that's for sure. I don't think a lot the one Behringer product I own is definitely, you know, not a functional product at any highly professional level. <laughs> I got the the automated mixing board. Right. Yeah. Which was like $130 loves. or something. Yeah. And it is just loud as hell. Is not something you want in the room with you <laughs> Moving. while you're mixing. Yeah. It sounds, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like R2-D2. Um, <laughs> I guess not R2-D2. And the software was the worst I've ever had to deal with in my life. Yeah. It was a nightmare. Yeah, that's something that I remember. I, re always... I remember uninstalling and reinstalling that software like seven times in a row. Uh-huh. Multiple times. Jesus. Restarting um, the computer. That's somewhere I feel with when it comes to cheap products. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a cheap piece of hardware, I mean, I'm like, eh, okay, like maybe you can cut corners and like maybe it just won't last that long. But like, okay, you know, it's either going to work or it's not. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you get into like a, something that needs software, that's when I really don't trust unestablished like people because it's like, yeah, you can you can really mess that up and then it's completely useless. Yeah. You know. It's frightening. And maybe they don't update things and, like, you know, how many times do we get plugins that you're like, whoa, there's an OS update, so you got to hold off on everything because, you know, all your plugins would stop working, so you need to wait for them to get updated. Yeah. And, like, that kind of stuff with, you know, that services hardware, I'm just like, man, I don't I don't want to mess around with that. Right. I want people I can trust their software. It is it is December. Maybe mm -hmm. I should give away my Behringer to a listener who sends me the best sob story. In need of a Behringer mixing. Dude. It's just sitting on a shelf. I don't want it. Yeah. All right. I'm not We're doing I'm never this? gonna use it again. We're doing this? Yeah. All right. So best, we have a uh Gord's automated fader. It's like an eight pack. It's eight tracks. Yeah. It's, you can pair them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want. It's it's motorized faders. If you need something to help you mix, send us, send Gord your best sob story. Best sob of story. Like why you need this. And if the shipping is not insane, yep. I will send it. This is a soft prize. <laughs> it's not a guaranteed prize. If if I look, if it's one hundred and twenty dollars to ship it, I yep. probably will not send yep. it to you. I'll give it away on Craigslist. 
And it's not, warning, it's not worth you paying for shipping either. It's definitely not worth you paying for shipping. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go. It also doesn't, uh, it doesn't automate smoothly either. either. Yep. It leaves these big steps. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a bad device. Yeah. Um, The rotary rotary faders work really well. Yeah. Yeah, It's still, I mean, still better than nothing in some cases. I guess. (laughs) I mean... I use nothing instead of it yeah. at the moment. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what have you been up to lately? I had a pretty exciting month. So after I got back from Paris, which we talked about last week, yep. I had a couple of weeks to try to catch up on some things and then flew to Alabama for Sweet. ThinkerCon, so which what's... was a non-game development yeah, conference. Yeah, what's ThinkerCon? I've never heard of it. Uh, it didn't exist, and it was held kind of in secret up until right before launch. Uh, Invite-only conference that Destin from Smarter Every Day actually organized. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, And, you know, a a group of his friends in Huntsville. Yep. And his family and friends uh, organized it and basically invited a lot of the more famous, not more famous, more influential educational creators in the world. So a lot of cool folks like Electro Boom and um, uh, I'm blanking. Oh, uh, Veritasium and... Uh, Simone Yertz. Cool. Um, so I'm like, really those cool. are names. It's like a world I know nothing about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, big big YouTubers. Yeah, that's a lot cool. Of, a lot of big YouTubers, but also not. Um, there were librarians there. There were game developers. Just a few, mostly mm-hmm. people I recommended. Um, we got Dan from Universe Sandbox out. Yep. And uh, Sarah Northway came. Cool. So, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was the coolest conference I've ever been to. Nice. Like, it blew GDC out of the water. Yeah. As far as location, interest, uh, conversation level. Mm-hmm. Um, not that the people at GDC are bad to have conversations with, but yeah. the effort that they put into to make it an interesting place to be and interesting space to have these conversations was great. So yeah. it wasn't held at a convention center. Mm-hmm. It was held at this kind of just cool-ass space that is it's like a decommissioned high school in Huntsville that's been turned into, like, a... Uh, you know, they've got, like, a microbrewery. Like, kind of the thing that you see it a lot in Portland, I think. Yeah. Um, microbrewery, speakeasy, a couple axe-throwing rooms. <laughs> uh, like, okay. restaurant. And there's still the big gymnasium. Yeah. And so it was really, really awesome. Yeah. And rather than just having rather than having talks, there were no talks. It was basically all roundtables. Um, it, was, it was all roundtables that would just be facilitated by one person. Yeah. On a number of topics, so cool. I did one on audio yep. uh, stuff. Basically, mine was not necessarily as much of a talk, but it wasn't as much of a discussion because it was basically people asking me questions, but yeah. about how they can make their audio better. Um, Sweet, but yeah, it was fascinating and awesome. the, really liked the discourse. Cool. It was a nice shift of the discourse where we go to game conventions all the time, and you know the highest level of discourse is how how can we improve our industry? Yeah, and this was bumped up to you know how can we improve the entire world? Yeah. And there are people that are doing that that were there, which is pretty cool. Neat. Um, I got to chat uh, pretty extensively with Don Pettit, the astronaut, who cool. has done two tours on the ISS. Nice. It's pretty freaking yeah. rad. Um, yeah, really cool guy. He said, if you want to be an astronaut, yeah. if your fridge breaks, fix your own fridge. If your car <laughs> breaks, fix your own car. Right. Because that's all you do up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little bit of science and a little bit of holding this 30-year-old... <laughs> space machine together uh, with duct tape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it was it was really great. Yeah, um, got a lot of good ideas. We're probably gonna do some work for a couple of those people. Cool. Um, I won't can't say who yet, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it was really really fun. I think that that kind of like speaks to it's really good to like we talk about it at GDC a lot mm-hmm. of like don't just hang out with the audio people, go talk to devs and yes. stuff. Like this is the next level of that, which is a really good thing of like talk to people like entirely outside your industry. Yes. You know, like Completely you can really you can really you can really grow from talking to people that don't do what you do and do something completely different mm-hmm. and that you can you can really like learn more about you and life and the world and everything. And a lot of that you can bring back and relate to how you do your job and and oh, stuff. yeah, absolutely. And it's this totally, so, like, great different viewpoints to, like, look at stuff from. I think it definitely pivoted my, you know, ultimate goal of what where what I want our company to be doing, maybe. Yeah. You know, which is not necessarily happening yet, but I definitely want there to be a more, yeah, like, not necessarily in games or just wherever we can, doing things that are making more of a shift to teaching people stuff mm-hmm. in a fun way. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And I mean, a lot... Doing that kind of thing of, like, what you did of, like, teaching people who aren't experts about Mm -hmm. what you do. Yeah. Really can, like, expose you thinking about how do you actually do things and why do you do things. And, like, in a way that's different than, like, oh, I I talked to, um, you know, a bunch of experienced audio people about how we do stuff. And you're like, right, we're all on the same level and we kind of, like can feel each other's shorthands in. And it's it, it's interesting to hear how people do things, but yeah. the level of improvement that switching to their way might cause is so minimal that it doesn't really, uh, you know, yeah. apply but, at a consumer level. But when you've got somebody who's like, ah, I want to start podcasting. Exactly. You know, like, or I'm just beginning of how to do sound design in games, whatever, mm-hmm. like, trying to tell a brand new fresh person how to do something makes at least me, really think about how I do stuff. Yeah. You know, and why do I why do I do that? Yeah, totally. You know, which I think is really cool and really great, a great thing to do. Yeah. I'm actually have I'm doing a podcast consultation right now for Right right now, as we speak? Simon Fraser University. Send this to that person. When Kate Let's Cousins is a professor there and she wants to start a podcast. So Yeah going through the official channels and doing consultation. Cool. And it was a pretty interesting process because when you are dealing with people that know nothing yeah, about podcasting, and they, and so where they're like, they're just, they'll ask anybody advice. Yeah. So they've asked me advice for my advice, but I, you know, I work at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, not the highest level, like I still use, I'll still use AT2035. Yeah. I don't care. Um, and that's you oh, know, yeah. what I would recommend. Our, our mic selection is like all over the map for this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, who, like I definitely does like not bother me. Um, like to experiment with you know dig into my mic locker of like what haven't I used in a million years? This weird microphone. Let's do the podcast yeah. with it. <laughs> so it was it was it was interesting. Like the levels of quality that people feel are acceptable, mm-hmm. and trying to get yourself recalibrated or understanding that. Yeah, and how to put that into words. So like. Uh, she'd asked me for a recommendation on what I think is a podcast, and I said, you're going to need two mic stands. You're going to need two mics. I suggest low-level Audio Technicas. Mm -hmm. Um, They're durable. They sound pretty good. Literally, I cannot really tell the difference between the sound of my A2035 and my C414. Yeah. And the price difference is, like, literally 10 times. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're going to need a little interface and a laptop. Mm -hmm. And that's 
pretty much it. And yep. she was like, okay, great. I'll go see if I can get this budget uh, mm-hmm. budgeted from the university. And But then the, and she came back with an email a couple weeks later being like, I ran this by like the teacher, the audiovisual media teacher at SFU, and he yep. said I should just get a Yeti. And I was like, eh. It took me a while to respond to it because yeah. it's kind of like you've asked a finishing carpenter and then you've also asked like a low-level handyman. Yeah. Um, and both, depending on the job, yeah. either of these people can get it done. Yeah. And But I was definitely trying to be like low-level finishing carpenter with my yeah, yeah, yeah. recommendation. So I kind of had to just say that. Like, Yeti will work. It's, send me some podcasts that you think mm-hmm. um, are... Are at a quality that you like, yeah, and I'll I can try. tell you. I'll tell you what they used. Yeah, like I could probably listen to it and tell you if they used one mic or two mics. Yeah, because that's what we're talking about here. Because yeah. they're saying you can use a Yeti in stereo, but then you know you'd have mm-hmm. to be sta- you'd have to be sitting two feet apart if you wanted a good direct direct signal. Yeah, but probably in in her eyes, you know, we're we were both kind of at the same level. We both knew yeah. how to work this stuff. Yeah. These are people who know how to work microphones. Yeah, exactly. So. so so I did have to like sit back and think about how to phrase it to make sense because yeah. it is you're like because without sounding like a dick you know yeah without being like okay you, listen I know way more than this person and if you just um, drop a bunch of technical info then you're a dick they're, and, yeah and they're gonna just bounce off of that because they're totally. like I don't understand what you're saying yeah and, I think I'd written a huge paragraph saying like all oh, the direct like this is direct signal and yeah uh, and but. I, and just deleted the whole thing, and I was like, I've given you my rec- rec- recommendation. Yeah. His recommendation's probably okay, too, but uh, send me some, but mm-hmm. there are a few problems. Here's what they think they would be. Yeah. Um, it de- and, it, and it really, it, and this was the same thing at ThinkerCon, mm-hmm. was it all depends on what your final project you want to be. Yeah. And this, is, this was huge for the YouTube folks. Yeah. And this can be huge for indie games as well, is like, do you want it, like, what kind of YouTube videos are you making? Are you making, is it, like, cinematic? Are you trying to make something that feels like a movie? Yeah. Or is it like we do on Smarter Every Day, where it's just Destin talking into a camera? Yeah. Because then it should sound like Destin talking into a camera. Yeah, yeah. Should, like, we don't do any audio work on any of the dialogue stuff. Uh-huh. Because it's supposed to sound run and gun. It's supposed to sound rough. So that end product, you know, we're not cutting BGs for it. We're not doing a dialogue <laughs> edit. I'm not taking this dialogue into RX. Yeah. Nobody cares. It feels, it would feel weird if we did. Yeah. Um... So the, that the end product is so so important, and the, coming out of school, it was I didn't have a a compass for that. Right. You know, you come out of school, you learned all this stuff. This is how you make really good audio. That's the only way you can do it. And yeah. I guess actually, I wasn't terrible out of school because I was already working on Smarter Every Day and had, was getting a handle of that. Mm-hmm. But it was a bit tough yeah. to be like get out of the a any given client like. What's our end goal here? Like, what yeah. level of quality do we want? Um, because, uh, like, Transformers-level audio quality might not be great for a documentary. Yeah. You know? It might be jarring. Yeah. I think the um, bringing it back to games mm-hmm. is I definitely, in the past, was, you know, middleware or death. Yes. Right. And I think that's very common for when you're you're starting out and you've come out of school and you're like, right, I've learned all this stuff. If I'm not using middleware, I'm not doing it. I'm, you know, yeah, it's going to sound horrible. And it's like, actually, every game is different, and there's a lot of games that you don't need middleware for. Yeah, we're doing. I'm doing one right now. You know, and, and that's not that's not going to serve the game and the, vi- the 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 vision of what that game needs. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and you have to like take a step back and evaluate. Okay, this game, yeah, totally needs middleware because we want to do some some fancy stuff. But this other one, man, maybe totally doesn't need it because you know it's actually implementation wise a very simple project. So why burden the game with this extra layer of complexity? Yeah, exactly. Um, and does this game need the most professional sounding sound libraries like uh, like threes threes game? Mm-hmm. Like all the sound effects, it's just obviously friends of the devs talking, like yeah. saying something into their phone. Yeah, their phone mic. Yeah, it's charming as all get out. Yeah, um, it works perfectly. Yeah, I think you can definitely, especially when it comes to little like charming games. Yes, I think it's really easy to like sound design the life right out of a thing. Yeah, you know when it should be like simple and kind of scrappy mm-hmm. and you know not as polished. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's missing something that's missing from a lot of games is like I think we overpolish. Yeah, because at times. we have, you know, it's, it's a, there's a level of polish in mind. Yeah. And Wander Song helped me kind of let go of that cuz oh, there's yeah, just yeah. too much shit to do. <laughs> um so uh, there were you know, there's a bunch of there's a few songs where I'm just like, "Okay, moving on." Right. Like let's let's go to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. I don't know. It was it's it's and but it makes me feel good to be teaching people. Yeah. And now that I feel like I'm kind of at a better at a level of understanding and empathy and of the end product and not being, you know, when we've talked about this a million times, not being mm-hmm. the person that says, "Oh, you need the $1000 microphone." Yeah. Um or don't even bother. Yeah. Don't even bother getting into it. Yeah. Know? So, I think the I think the frustrating thing that I always see with uh people getting into podcasting and mm-hmm. the suggestions of those USB microphones mm-hmm. is that once people want to expand the the USB microphone, and this is a lot of gear is like this. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a dead end. Like yeah. it it does the job yeah. perfectly serviceably, but when it comes time to grow or expand, mm-hmm. it's a dead end, like there is nowhere to expand from that thing. Yeah. So it's like, right, you just have to start over again. Yeah. And I see a lot of people who get into podcasting get super frustrated because they're like, right, well, I got, I bought the USB microphone, and uh, now I want to add another person. And, and I can't like, because I can't have two connect two yeah. USB devices connected at the same time. Yeah. I can only have one audio engine <laughs> running. So so they get super frustrated and, yeah. and want to, like, bounce off doing it entirely because right. they feel like they've been tricked into buying this thing, and now they have to buy everything over again, and you're just like— you know, super frustrated yeah. by it. Whereas, you know, if they'd gotten a little bit better advice at the beginning, like you're saying, what's your end goal? Well, eventually I, I want to, you know, talk to multiple people in the same room. Okay, mm-hmm. you really should get a cheap interface, one microphone now, mm-hmm. get another microphone later, you know. There's the other, it's in that, um, why do your recording sound like ass PDF? Mm-hmm. One, one thing that I remembered from that. Um which I haven't really stuck to necessarily. Yeah. Because I think the prosumer stuff has gotten really good. But, oh, yeah. Uh, it, I, for a while, I think it was a lot smarter to go from beginner to yep. professional and skip the prosumer thing completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because Get yourself started and then save your money and not get anything until you can get pro. Yeah, because the prosumer... Uh, yeah. And actually, this is kind of biting me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've got a Focusrite Pro 40. Yeah. And all my inputs are just jacked. 
Yeah. They're just, they're all boned. And if I'd probably, you know, saved up a little more and gotten RME, yeah. um, I wouldn't be looking for a new interface right now. Yeah. Uh, though at the same time, the data inputs keep changing. So, <laughs> like, they don't make the Pro 40 anymore. And yeah. I had to get, I you know, it was Firewire, and so yeah. I had to get a friggin' three adapters. It's got three adapters <laughs> going into my Mac so that it can be converted to Thunderbolt. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, so, yeah, who knows in the digital age. Yeah, I mean that's that's something too to look at what when you're buying gear. Mm-hmm. A little weird tangent we've gone on, but this is going well. Um, when you're buying gear, look at what else a thing can do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I ran into the same thing. I had my interface. I had a um, I can't remember. It was a twenty six twenty six. Um, anyways, rack mount eight in you know eight out kind of deal. Uh, they stopped supporting it. It was FireWire. And it was like there was an OS update, and it was like this is no longer supported. Wow. There is, the drivers will not work anymore. This is dead in the water. Right. And I was like, okay, I need a new interface. Well, like, fuck, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, managed to find a new interface and everything. But I did, you know, basically went back reading my manual of like, well, is this thing totally useless? Like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, found that that interface will work in standalone mode where oh, okay. it'll work as an ADAT converter. Okay. Not hooked up to any computer. Right. So I'm like, okay, sweet. So I got a new interface that has only like two in, two out kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it has ADAT. So now I'm coming digitally out of my interface into the, the profile. Okay. And go, I'm, I'm now going using that as a converter to use some of my outboard gear. So it's like, well, now it's actually still usable. Like, right. I'm not using it as a, my, my interface on my computer anymore, mm-hmm. but it had this other feature that I'm now able to utilize and still keep it and still find it useful and, like, actually use more of my gear that I have sitting around that right. I wasn't using before. Now I've got this setup that allows me to use um, these, like, TC Electronics effects box that I had that I wasn't using. Now I've got it all. Ah, cool. In and out of my my interface, and I've got all things labeled up, so I can just like fire up those tracks in my DAW and be like, right, I'm actually using this processing now. That's pretty cool. So it was like this had this other feature that like even though its main feature got bonked, yeah, I was able to keep using it for something. Mm-hmm. So looking for like what else can your things do? Like yeah, maybe it doesn't work for its main thing anymore, anymore. <laughs> but. You know, you can utilize it in some other way. But you can use it to pound in a nail. 57. If yeah. it stops working as a microphone, <laughs> it's a good hammer. Good hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Oh, speaking of, this is just just a name drop. Oh. I got to ride in a car with Robert Krulwich from Radiolab. Oh. That was pretty neat. He's He sounds like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of speaks in, in poetry. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Anyway, speaking of buying stupid things, yeah. Uh, what'd you get on Black Friday? Oh, Black Friday. I specifically Friday. tweeted, I was like, don't buy stuff just because it's on sale. Yeah. And I still stand by this. Yeah. Just just because it's on sale, like doesn't mean it's doesn't a mean deal. you need it. Yeah, totally. And like if you like if it's gonna pay for itself on sale, but it might it's better pay for itself. Not on sale, but I did still buy a thing. Um, what did I, I bought some just some consumer junk? Mm-hmm. Um, but like audio wise, 
I think I really only bought a couple of things that were like under $10. Okay. And it was, it was like, I was looking at sales. I was like, right, let's spend some money. Right. I was fully like, the let's. Light, the light has truly burned out. You know, like, and. It, Were you just like, I have all this? Yeah. <laughs> it was that. I was like, I don't, I don't need, I got that. I got that. I already got that. I have, I have, you know, reached. Oh my God, Matt peak, bought all the plugins. Peak plugin. Matt finally <laughs> bought all the plugins. So <laughs> uh, I, I didn't buy a lot just because I was just like, yeah, everything's on sale. I've got already. Mm-hmm. I bought one thing because. Uh, Sam Justice posted about it on Facebook. Yeah. And said this is the best deal on like this entire Black Friday. Nice. Um it was the Sign Vibes. I've never heard of them. Oh yeah, I've Sign got a, vibes. I've got one thing from them. I got all of them for nice. $200. It's like 30 plugins. It was like 80% off or something. Yeah. So and they're pretty cool. Yeah, I've so got um I tried a bunch of them out for a little song and uh, uh, it was fun. Jay Jay Fernandez gave me one as a Christmas present. Oh, great. Cool. Uh, hologram. It's cool. Yeah. Did it's I just, use that one? I can't remember. It's, it's a lot of like sequence-based stuff. Yeah. So it is good for music. Yeah. Um, and good for uh, Smart Everyday wants me to do kind of more like ambient stuff, which I don't usually do. Usually uh-huh. my music's really obnoxious, but we want some ambient stuff to talk over and things. Yeah. And uh, and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was really good for that. Yeah. To do ambient and just you know just take your mouse and just draw a bunch of things and it messes with the EQ along the sequence and. Mm-hmm. Just makes a thing that was pretty boring more interesting right away. It was really cool. Yeah. I don't know what the uh, sound design... I thought a few. I thought because Sam Justice was recommending them, there would be more sound designy elements to them, and I'm not sure what that is yet. Yeah, yeah. I've got to play with them, around with them a bit more. Um, I love the interface, though, in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have really great interfaces. Yeah. I can't remember what else I picked up. I didn't, I didn't buy a lot. Yeah. I, we also got sound libraries, but we... Yeah. Needed them at that time yeah. as well, and so they just happened to be on sale. But oh, I mean, it was kind of like it was kind of Black Friday, but it wasn't really. Um, I picked up. Uh, I'm still waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, a DoD rubberneck pedal. Okay. Um, but that's more about the fact that DoD like laid off their entire plugin or guitar pedal department. Oh, geez. And it seems like they're not going to make pedals anymore. DoD. <clears throat> uh, so they're owned by like. Uh, Digitech owns DoD, right. and DoD okay. used to be like an old plug-in, or plug-in. Pedal. Pedal manufacturer. We plug stuff into pedals. Um, and then they got, you know, bought by several people or something, and, and Digitech owned them and resurrected the name and got like, a, re- resurrected a bunch of their old designs and improved them and stuff, and it seems like whatever the behemoth company is now like, man, we're not going to do that anymore. Right. So there's a kind of a blowout on all their pedals. Oh, okay. That might be like re- the last I feel like gasp. I remember having DOD pedals when I was a kid. So I also... Having one terrible one that barely worked. Eh. And it was like a metal, heavy, super heavy metal pedal. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was a DOD. And I, um... So I picked up a Rubberneck, which is their analog delay, which does some cool stuff. Um, and then I also went to one of the local guitar shops and picked up a, a gonculator, not on sale, just because I I've wanted one for a really long time, okay. and they're going to disappear. So I'm just like wow. I, okay. I'm grabbing this. Yeah, it's a distortion plus ring modulation. Okay, so that's a weird. It's harsh. It's a yeah. harsh pedal. It's a pretty brutal combo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's very. And I'm like this is this is my jam. This is just nasty. <laughs> but yeah, managed to avoid most of the. The Good for big you. Black Friday. Good for you. Stuff. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I bought Bluetooth speakers as well. Oh, crazy. 
We needed, we need, not need, wanted, <laughs> wanted one for the house. We don't actually have, we have very few ways of listening to music at the house. Yeah, yeah. Got like my studio and a record player. Yeah. And no just like normal person music listening devices. Yeah. So got a couple. Good, they haven't good. arrived yet though. Canada, yeah. Canada Post went on strike and everything's all messed up. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas is ruined. <laughs> Preemptively. <laughs> um, so uh, before Black Friday, mm-hmm. I went on vacation. Yeah. Which was very nice. Uh, I went to Iceland mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. Uh, for the music festival again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was amazing as always. Yeah, I bet. Uh, there was there was literally moments where I was going to cry. I was so happy. That's so great. Which is like the power of music. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so awesome to be like, there was, there was, yeah, there was some shows that was just like, man, this is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's everything about like the spot, the, like, you know, the venue, the band, the music, the crowd, like everything just adds up to this like amazing thing. That's so cool. Um, so that was cool. And it was great to kind of get my soul refilled. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. music. You seem more vibrant today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that was wonderful. Um, the thing I want to touch on, though, is while I was there, because I, you know, a couple people are like, oh, I hope you're recording cool stuff with there. I recorded one thing. <laughs> and I was very glad I, like, didn't, re- like, worry about trying to record yeah. anything while I was there. Yeah. Like, it was a vacation from all this stuff that I love doing. Yes. But you still need breaks from stuff. Yeah. And it was super awesome to just be like, oh, I have I have my recorder with me, but I'm just like, uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care. At one point, I heard this really cool bird. Cool, okay. And there was like people around. And of course, as soon as I got out my recorder, a drone started and everything <laughs> as well. But I uh, like... I I knew I wasn't going to get a sound I could use. Right. I just wanted a reference of what this cool bird call yeah. sounded like, like its rhythm and tones mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, if I could just quick get a little little reference, then I can, you know, emulate that. And you could go chop it out to help your emulation as well with, yeah. our, with RX. So it was just like, oh, I don't even really care. I'm just, as long as I get, I can hear it, mm-hmm. cool, mm-hmm. done. Oh, yeah, there's a fucking drone. <laughs> But, like, other than that, I, like, did not worry about recording anything mm-hmm. the whole time I was there. Yeah. I just did not think about sound design. That's great. You know, and it was awesome. It was really great to just, like... It's one thing M was talking about. Um, so M, M's currently... New, M and Maris are both in New Zealand right now. Yeah. Uh, working abroad. And M's coming home early. Okay. Because she's like, I think that traveling is, like, for vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And home is for work. Yeah. So so she's going to come. She wasn't going to come back f- till February, but now she's going to come back in January, I think. Yeah. Because um, I think. And I, I was curious to see how it would go for them because I've never worked abroad. I have worked abroad, but I was working. I was living there. Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, my I've job never, was there. I've know? never <clears throat> done the working vacation thing. Either. I've, I've done, like, small amounts of traveling of, like, well, um, my, my parents needed help so I like packed up all my stuff and went back to right. where they live and like spent a couple weeks with my parents and it was like I'm there to help them yeah I'm having to get work done all at the same time yeah. like that's as close as I've yeah that's I think that's why the 
I've never been able to like kind of latch on to iPad-based synthesizers or like getting a little like I envy the people that are able to use like a like a MacBook Air. Yeah, yeah, and just like do their work anywhere and write music, write my awesome music on the move, and I'm, yeah. I just like can't do that. I'm so easily distracted. Right, like I'm so easily distracted at home, um, where yeah. everything is familiar. Let alone a brand new place. Let where there's alone so a, much new. Yeah, yeah, I would just be like, I'm out of here. Yeah, you know. So, so I'm amazed they got as much work done as they did. <laughs> <laughs> Abroad, so but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the, them being back because yeah. it's going to be fun with everybody in the office. Yeah, and that's cool. I mean, that's some sometimes you just you do not know how that's going to go until you until do you it. try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't want. That's why I didn't want to dissuade them. Yeah, yeah. From trying it out either because living abroad was like the best thing I ever did in my life. I really really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I went. I just bought a bunch of records at today. Oh, nice. There's a classical record store by my house, and, we're, and this is actually kind of fun, interesting old tidbit of info. Someone, I think it was Brad Dick, uh, posted a video on Twitter of why adults cannot learn perfect pitch. Oh, right, right. I remember that. I didn't yeah, watch it. Yeah, it was it. pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, and it's been, and it, it, extra fascinating to me because we're having a kid in three months. Yeah. And uh, basically, you can't, like, perfect pitch is learned within the first year of life. Wow, basically, that's when the that's when the tools are developed. Yeah, and after that, you cannot develop them. Huh? Um, and it's kind of like being able to recognize a different color. Yeah, and just being like, oh, orange. Right. You know, and you're like, there's no, there's no. It's a direct communic. It's like a direct thing. Yeah. There isn't a relative pitch. Like some people are very very good at relative pitch, uh-huh. but they still have to. There's their head is still doing the steps. Right. I still mean like, okay, I know my E, and I'm working my way up to my F sharp four. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting, and basically what they think how it's done, um, or how you can improve a child's ability to have perfect pitches just by exposing them to like lots of notes. Hmm. So not Mary had a little lamb. You want to yeah, play yeah. him like Miles Davis, just like <laughs> all the notes, all the because notes. they don't care about melodic. Babies don't care if something's melodic or not necessarily. Yeah. Um, what this is doing is being like this is information that is legitimate, right? And it's we're and so your the brain like imprints it as something to be recognized, mm-hmm. and this and it's the same because it's basically language. So music is just kind of a happy side effect yeah. of it, but it's a language tool. So that's why uh, Western ears cannot understand or like hear the difference between like a lot of like Asian languages. Mm-hmm. Like when I was living in Korea. There's a, there are tensed, tensed uh, consonants and non-tensed consonants. Okay. So there's a, there's a G and yep. then there's a GG. Right. And I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> yeah. I heard it a million times. Yeah. And I would, and I'm an audio professional. I feel like I know, I should be able to hear things. Yeah. But that is a sound that my brain discards as legitimate. Yeah. Or it doesn't it doesn't care my brain does not care what the difference is and I may never be able to know. Yeah. You know? They're mm-hmm. they're like, you gotta tense your neck. But when I'm hearing people speak, yeah. there's no difference. Yeah. Um to me. So it's really interesting. And the other thing that the video pointed out was tonal tonal languages, so like Thai Chinese, um, they have a thirty percent higher instance of perfect pitch. Hmm. Be- probably because they're hearing more pitches. Interesting. Basically. So their baby brains yeah. 
are like, these are real sounds that I, that this is important information. Hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't be hearing it all the time in my first year of birth. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a classical record store by my, uh, by my work, I just noticed. They have a closing out sale. Yeah. So I just went, went and spent 50 bucks and got like 15 records or something. Nice. Um, of all, just a bunch of weird stuff. Pretty excited. <laughs> I, and I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah. Because I've been feeling in a bit of a rut musically and have kind of been putting on some classical stuff because it's not something I usually listen to that much. Yeah. And have found some things I'm pretty into. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Arvo Part. Yep. That's my guy yep. right now. Yep. Just discovered him like yesterday. But then I talk to people and everybody knows who he is. So <laughs> it's like I just discovered this Mozart guy. Right. Yeah. Should check him out. Yeah. Um, it's like um, the last time I uh, saw Nils Fromm. You're right. He talks a lot. So he's amazing. Amazing mm-hmm. shows. Uh, seeing him again next year. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things. The first time I'm like I'm buying tickets to shows like six months out. Right. It feels weird. Um, but he talked, he was talking about, he was getting ready to play one of his big songs. Um, and he, he was talking about how his, his most loved songs are the simplest ones. Yeah. Like he comes from a very like classical piano background Mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, the stuff that everybody loves is like the simplest stuff I've written. Yeah. This is one chord. Thanks. Yeah. Like, you know, here's my other stuff that's really interesting and complex and you know, he's mm-hmm. like yeah you, you you like the like play the one, hits nails one note forever <laughs> <laughs> that's probably all our brains that didn't Im- imprint on maybe. complex music yeah maybe maybe i'm gonna just turn our kid into a jazz bow that doesn't this is a real snob oh uh, hey i was i was a jazz kid and i turned out okay yeah yeah ish they won't make their millions though <laughs> they, they certainly won't <laughs> It can be a session music. Um, yeah, 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 that's a way to go. Um, I have one question today. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to the question? I don't think so. The question. <laughs> yep, did the call. Sometimes we get a lot. Sometimes we get one. Yeah, and I didn't retweet. I've been not on Twitter that much. Yeah, that's um, probably a good thing. I took it off my phone, and yeah. my battery lasts forever now. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I still have Hootsuite on there, so I can check it, but yeah, I, yeah. I get no notifications. Nice. The the, the red dot demanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Satisfied the do- dopamine is, is, gone. is gone. That's good. Um, Ty Hastings asked, at the start of the day or after a long break, what do you do to re-immerse yourself in the world you are working on in order to continue creating audio within that realm? Do you find that there's always certain sounds that fully capture the feel of the world slash game? I guess that's two questions. Yeah. So how do you get back into a project after you've, like, like, I went on vacation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not touched the game for two weeks. Usually just once I'm back in the session, I I don't know. Yep. I, don't, I don't have a system. Um, it just comes to me. I, I would love to make up some kind of meditative, <laughs> romantic-sounding thing, but I just start working. Um, I, I jump around on a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Right now, I'm not on in charge of anything. Right now, I'm just doing creative, helping everybody else out. Right. Um, just supporting. So I'm jumping from project to project, day to day. But I find mm-hmm. um, if I've taken a big break, like going away on vacation, um, is to play the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just get back into what is what is this world. And I find the best way is to play the game. Mm-hmm. So hopefully there is a game you can play. You know, you're at a stage where you can fire things up and hear how 
the stuff you've created so far fits into the context and stuff and sort of like re-familiarize yourself with that. Right. Um, and if it's if it's like, oh, I'm I'm creating new footsteps. Mm-hmm. There's no game to play, and I'm creating new footsteps. I've created a bunch of footsteps before. It's just like listen to a bunch of the stuff I've already done. Yeah, exactly. You I know, think that's not, what I was thinking, basically. I just yeah. go back. I don't really have any like big, yeah, zen process for anything. It's just mm-hmm. just jam a bunch of those sounds in my ear holes. Yeah. I had pretty frustrating and <laughs> had to do go back and do some smart everyday things and it was a really similar video to a video that I'd done several months ago. Yeah. And my Reaper like I never achieved before I stopped doing a lot of sound design and had to do mostly music. Yeah. I never achieved like true Reaper ninjadom. Yeah. Uh, or so my Reaper sessions are just disgusting. Which and I kind of like it because but they're not fun to come back to though. No. No, but I like I really like working in them when I know it's a short project, and I think I won't have to come back to it. Yeah, because I'm just like new track, new track, new track, new group, new folder, and just yeah. just like add all these tracks, and just finish <laughs> the thing, and I'm like I'll never have to look at you again. Yeah, yeah, whenever again, and you're like, and what? then I came back to this one, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> so many tracks. <laughs> uh, I was I was doing a thing for for Danny on Don't Starve. And mm-hmm. He was like, "Hey, I want to just like it's not quite there. I've done a couple of revisions." And he was like, "Hey, can we just jam it out together? Like, I'll come over and like we'll go through your session and we'll like figure out the things." And I'm like, "Sure, no problem." Yeah. And he comes over and it was like, it's all these like little things that are happening at, at uh, like really fast together. Right. And it was all like sort of melodicy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Okay, so like, where are the like plucky bits?" I'm like, "Well, it's there and there and there." And there. Matt's pointing his fingers in very different directions. It was like basically like I had just smattered stuff across a small amount of tracks. Right. So it was just like, oh, well, you want that thing? Well, that's actually on tracks two and three and six. <laughs> the other thing, yeah, that's on one and two as well. Mm-hmm. And just in a different, it was just like, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> you've had to see this. This is this was never meant to be consumed by anyone but <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Supposed to be done one time. <laughs> yeah. This was never supposed to be opened again. Yeah. So whereas I know Rachel and Em, I think, both have compatible Reaper sessions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're so organized. It's good. Don't be us. Yeah. Be organized. Yeah. No, I'm not. Like, usually if I'm doing something in Reaper, I know it's I'm the only one that's ever going to be working on it. Yeah. Um, so it'll. I will be the only one that feels the hurt. <laughs> Most of the time I'm better because of the way... People can't open my sessions and go that far back because I'm, like, processing everything as I go. Yeah. But it because I do work in small track counts mm-hmm. and I've processed everything, you can kind of, like, anybody can open up the session and it's not like— and Just play it back. A, a bunch of weird plugins are missing yeah. or, like, track down what, sh- you know, automation changes are going on. And it's just, like, you can, you can play it back. Mm-hmm. It's there and it's, like, there may be, like, a million markers, but it's all, like— Here's this footstep. The next marker is the next kind of footstep. Yeah, and it's totally. like, it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. My game audio sessions are much better than my linear sessions. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I really respect the um, the people that have got a good linear workflow. Because I, I never learned that when I went to school. I've never seen a good one that isn't insanely, also insanely complex. Like, I don't think yeah. there's a way to do it, to do a simple, good linear session. It's like, yeah. There's just oh, so many tracks all the time. 
Yeah. Because you got to deliver it to a mixer, and the mixer needs to have as much control as they possibly can so the d- director can ask them to bring down the shing in the sword. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I I do respect it as well. Yeah. Because you have to have a mind like an iron trap. Yeah. To know yeah. where the heck everything is. Okay. Anyway, guess I we're done. Th- I think that's it. Uh, by Parkitect, it came out. Yeah. That was another thing I forgot to announce. But uh, when am I getting my library? Uh, probably the end of this month. Yeah. yeah, we're going to start working on it now. Now that we, you know, have all the sounds that we yep. know we're going to go into it. For, for those that didn't know, there was one of the Kickstarter rewards for Parkitect was a sample library mm-hmm. of park sounds. Yeah. Um, I totally contributed at that level. Matt did. Well, you also came, on, also... You also came on a recording trip with me, so you already have a bunch of the sounds. Yep. <laughs> Um, but we also so shot we, myself in the foot there. Yeah, we did we did two or three three or four recording outings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we did that one where you and I went to the fair. Oh, that was fun. Uh, we went to uh, M and the team went to. Um, I tried to rent out the what's our theme park called again? Uh, the Peony. The Peony Amusement or Playland. Yeah, I I emailed them and inquired about getting it, and the first person I talked to. Like, at the end of some summer, we were working on this game so long. Yeah. Uh, they said, yeah, it's like 150 bucks a ride or something. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So it sounded like if we could get $1,000 together, we could, like, yeah, get some rides yeah. for the day. And then they disappeared and be- because it was things got too busy. And next time I contact them, they're like, oh, no, it's like 15 grand. Right. So I just sent the, just sent the team there with a bunch of mics. Yeah, yeah. Just re- and they, they got style. great stuff. Yeah. yeah. On the metal coasters and the wood coasters, and yeah, I mean that was that was what we did too. I remember that that session. Mm-hmm. We were talking about you trying to get the big park, yeah, and it was turning into a hassle. We needed stuff, and I looked up the like, where is those little traveling? Yeah, a little fair, little fairs that that travel around BC, and I was like. All right, this weekend Here is the last is one. W- the last one of the season out, yeah. you know, out in the valley. Let's let's go. Yeah. That was a blast. Um and we went out there and just yeah, Super Gorilla didn't ask. No. We didn't hide what we were doing. No, and they and the people that asked about it and we told them were like, "Oh, come do this." Yeah, yeah. yeah they totally like sort of helped us out yeah. with carnies. stuff. <laughs> the carnies were good. Yeah. Um and even even though it was like full of crowds, we got a lot of really good stuff. Got a, good, out of really, got a lot of usable stuff. Yeah. So a lot of that went in the Parkitect. And so there was that one, the Playland one, and then we also went go-karting. Yep. Uh got great sounds go-karting. So we'll put some go go-kart sounds in there. Sweet. So we've got uh perspective, multiple perspectives, mm-hmm. uh some buy, a lot of pass buys, um, exhaust, stuff like that. Yep. You know, not like a full car kit, but like yeah. plenty well, it's a go-kart. You don't need yeah. a full <laughs> kit for it. You're, not, you're probably never going to use it for a go-kart. We're probably the only people that actually use the go-kart sounds for a go, go-kart. Yeah. Uh, and then, and I'm not sure if we'll do it or not, but Maris had the opportunity to record a biplane. Oh, cool. So, and then that did go into Parkitect, so I don't know yeah. if we'll put a little biplane, prop plane Sweet. library in there as well. That's awesome. But we'll probably also sell them. Yeah, yeah. If you're building it up. Yeah, might as well sell yeah. it as well. So, totally. yeah, it's exciting. Anyways, okay, yeah, we're done. All right, we're done. We're done. All right. Thanks Thanks. for listening. Bye.